You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. What's your favorite song of all time, Sid Talk? Yeesh, you came out of nowhere. Uh, I'm just sitting here minding my own business. You're asking me that? Um, why, do you have one? Is that why you're asking me? No, I don't have one, no. <laughs> I don't know if it's all time, but the words, I mean, I'm a YouTube fan, whether you people like YouTube, you like YouTube? U2, oh. the letter U, and then the number two. It's an old band. I think they're Irish. I don't know. I don't know that much about them, except they've been my favorite band for 30 some years. It's in 1986, I believe. Um, they have one song called Acrobat, and they have another one called Bad, and there is something... I have an emotional response as soon as I hear either of those songs starting. And I mean, just this guttural, I don't even know what it is. So I'm going to say those two. Acrobat and Bad by you 2 Now, have you thought about it? I really like Street Life by Randy. Is it by that? That disco-y shit? Yeah, that disco oh song. Oh my God. Oh my I don't know why I like that song, but every time I hear I mean, it, it's, it reminds me. I don't want me. you to judge me for liking you too, but I'm judging you for picking disco. Reminds me of some cool movie. It's not in a movie, I don't think. But it's from, well, you said that that song in Bob's Burgers sounded like it. That song in Bob's Burgers, <laughs> is it? It's just with different lyrics. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> that is a funny choice right yeah. there. But hey, you know, we all have our own things. Yeah, I don't Fair know why enough. I like that song. I really do, though. What brought that up? Why you Before the end of the show was not anything to do with music whatsoever, <laughs> except that the director of this movie was talking about how music is integral to her process of creativity and making the movie. Was that what popped it into your head? I have no idea. I was just looking at the microphone and then I said it. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> Ad-libbing. Nice. All right, so that's our before the after the show discussion. Sid talks favorite songs, and mine is some disco song called Street Life. Nice. All right, so it is Saturday, June the 30th. This is after the show. We're a movie review podcast. This is not June the 30th. It is not June the 30th. It's July the 8th, I think. I think. (laughs) July 7th. Holy crap, you got your template. Let me just rewind. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the most you've ever been up. It's July 7th. Let me uh, let me change that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because if you change it on this template, then the whole world will line up with you, and it will be July seventh. Until this moment, it was June thirtieth. <laughs> yeah, I, that's weird. In case I, everyone I, I, doesn't know this, Ace Cooley is really into um, his template and having. He's he's a little bit like Ron Burgundy. If you put it on there in front of his face, that's what he's gonna read. <laughs> true. All right, so. Let me restart this. Okay. It's Saturday, July the 7th. That's correct. It's uh, after the show, we're a movie review podcast, and this is episode number 538. The movie we're looking at this week is You Were Never Really Here. It's a 2018 movie, releases on Blu-ray on July the 17th, so we've got it a little bit early to review. It is available on digital now. It's rated R, and it's from our friends at Lionsgate. And Sid Talk will give you the synopsis of You Were Never Really Here. I don't even know if I can. Um, 
Yeah. I can synopsisize by giving you this. Man versus himself. Man versus man. If you don't know anything about storytelling or story writing, those are two of the main... Well, we only tell about five different stories, and that's what this is. Man it's, versus man, man versus himself. A dude on a... Mm, uh, meh. It has to do with the man finding a child <laughs> I love this. who is missing. But it's not about that. So, you know. Is it like man versus food on the It is not. TV? There's no? a hammer involved. <laughs> so we're going to have some spoilers, I'm sure, in this one. Because it's a really difficult one to discuss without getting down and dirty with it. So True. if you don't want to know about it, don't listen. So, um, yeah, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Go away, come back. Spoilers. <laughs> so you were never really here. Did you know anything about this movie? Nothing at all. Did you? I knew this, that it did well at the Cannes Film Festival. That's all I knew. Didn't know what it was about. Didn't see the trailer. So let me say, uh, well, I, th- I, re- I like this movie quite a bit. I also think that it's not a movie for everyone. Agreed. It is a movie, it's artistic, let's say. It is, the front cover of the movie shows the, I was going to say hero, but it's probably not the correct word. Protagonist. Yes, with a hammer, and it looks like maybe he's a serial killer or something, and maybe he's going to F somebody up. That's kind of... I think that under different circumstances. Yeah. Again, spoilers, so if you don't want to know anything about it, stop now. I think the cover... Pause it, go watch it, come back. I almost feel like the cover's the cover for a different movie, <laughs> like the way <laughs> yeah. they're selling it, because it isn't that kind of movie. It's more of an artistic... Um, there's not a lot of dialogue, to be now, honest. See, I don't see it as artistic, so it's funny, because I don't see it that way. You don't? Nope. More arts, art housey kind of. Artistic like, it's not actually a straight-up action movie, first off. No, but I don't see it as artsy. I mean, I guess I don't think of this one or like Malick movies as actual artsy movies, but like... It's not like a Malick movie. Well, I mean, it's got like those moments of unsure cuts and where all of a sudden where you're like, are they fucking with me? Is this guy... what? Is this all a dream? Is this in his mind? Is there this is definitely that manufactured? element. Is this real? Is this him thinking that? Or is this a Is he, you know, is this going to all be a flashback and he's in, you know, electric chair or something like that? I mean, you get, I got that vibe a few times. And so I think sometimes movies like even Country with Old, No Country for Old Man, you know, where you got a bit of weirdness. Yeah. But it's not really artsy to but me. It also kind of um, messes with not not with the timeline exactly, but with the edit. The editing is almost like sometimes things are going a bit fast, sometimes things seem a bit slow. You know, I don't mean the actual speed of the film. I mean the way it kind of progresses. Sometimes I feel like did we just lose like a like a few hours of his life because he did? You know, like he didn't doesn't remember what's going on. Oh or, wow, I didn't even catch that at all. Or everything is blurry, like because he's. It's not right. Yeah. <laughs> like some of the things that are happening are really affecting him. So he's kind of. Wow. I didn't even think about timeline or anything. Yeah. Well, I, I got a bit of that, like where it felt odd at times, the way, way it was paced. Um, so what, what it actually is, it's not a serial killer movie, which that it 
could be a serial killer movie if you look at that cover. But what do you think of like the subject? Um, I mean, tell say what the subject is. <laughs> subject is um, you hardly want me to say it. It's not gonna sound nice. Men are horrible. That's what the subject is, and it's about men exploiting and um, using young girls as sexual trading cards. You get like a hint of that at some point. One person says something, but that's essentially what it is. Men having sex with underage girls and a big, huge system to keep it covered up. And his experiences with human trafficking, I mean, like observing that there was nothing he could do to save some people or some young girls. And then in at war, he couldn't save some girls. And so it's just this theme of, I mean, if you're asking me from my perspective, how terrible men are, <laughs> I don't think that was the intention, but that's kind of how it comes off to me. Well, and that he, he ultimately is the one suffering, even though all these other men are the ones doing the horrific things and he can't cope because it's almost like he's stuck in between what he knows is right and what has just like shoved in his face his whole life, this horrible, you know, abusive, hateful men. And so, like I said, I feel like he's a physical manifestation of the anger and emotions that victims of sexual abuse or and abuse would have gone through. But he's sort of the manifestation of it. Like he walks with the hammer and does the shit that needs to get done. Not necessarily avenging. There's not. It's not a revenge movie or anything. It's no. just a quest to you know save one person essentially in the whole of everything, and um in the whole big mess of it. He's a man for hire. You yeah, can, you can hire him, and he will go and um, generally sort things out. For instance, From what we understand. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like he'd done it more than once. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he he'll go in. He'll rescue whoever. And it's usually a young girl. And they're pretty young, aren't they? I mean, that's the part that's shocking about it, Like, I think. Like, this movie does a good job of not showing a lot, but suggesting a lot. Oh, yeah. Which actually makes it worse, I think, because when you see that creepy hotel place where they are... With that shitty music, you just like... And there's this weird music. It's not weird music. It's actually just music from the 50s or something, right? But then you think, why is this? Why is, why is the asshole who wants to come in here and have sex with this young girl to playing this, music. this weird yeah. fucking music? So it's not weird music, but when you put it in this context, it's, it's true. It just makes it seem weird, like so, like baby doll music is just awful. And the girls are dressed a certain way, and they're just young teenage. Well, not no, not like twelve year olds. Yeah, yeah. So it's all creepy and suggested. I mean, you don't see anything really. True. And even the violence in the movie, which there is quite a bit of, you don't see it. You see some. I mean, there is a actual somebody getting shot in the head. But, in, I mean, you don't get to see this guy rip people apart with his hammer, really, right? You want to, <laughs> but you don't. But it does it in this way where he breezes through a place, and then you see, like, well, there's a body, there's a body. Correct. And it... Even that is more affecting, I think, because you go, oh, wow, he just, he's come in here and he's took three guys down over there. They're just lying on the floor, like, and he's just wandering through real calm. Like, so, you know, it's got that, it's, she's, I was just reading an interview with the director and she was saying that they didn't do all the violence and action because of a budgetary thing. So they decided to 
I think it was actually a good choice. I agree. Because you don't always need to see somebody being smashed in the head with a hammer to understand it. Correct. Or the feet, once you've established that this person is a threat, you don't need to see them do it because you're like, uh, I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. Now, there's a lot of um, the pacing to me. Spect- at the beginning of the movie, um, it did a lot. You know the movie The Wrestler by Darren Aronofsky mm-hmm. where it just follows a person and you kind of start to pick up their story slowly? Yeah. I felt that it kind of took a little bit long at the beginning to get to anything. Mm, I disagree. There was a lot of like just walking with him and him getting in his car and so and I usually I don't doesn't usually mind that thing sort of thing but it was um I don't know it didn't get to the point quick enough for me. Wow, that's very unusual for you, and I'm mm. disappointed. You don't want to be that person. <laughs> no, it just you don't want to be it was just the way it was edited. It was like it seemed like the details about him weren't coming quick enough. Hmm. And. You know, there's a bit where he, you know, he's in that back alley, comes up that... They go on for a while, those scenes, where he stood looking at the train going past. Do you get what I'm saying? No, I I know I was there, but I think those are very important because we're not in the... act, We're not in Taken or in some other Liam Neeson, like, high-action adventure thing. We're in the person's mind, and now he's coping with it... And without it being so overt that it's in your face, like constant camera shakes and constant blurs. You have a a little bit here and there, but the time that it takes for him to process things. And in that moment, he's constant. Every time it slows down a lot, he's contemplating suicide every, almost every time. Yeah. And so without us seeing him overtly do it or make a plan to do it you are you are to infer that in this moment he's staring at a thing for 10 to 15 seconds maybe 30 seconds because he's thinking of a way out and i think that then him just absorbing and kind of pulling himself out of it and then getting on with it i just think that's important i i I really like the part at the beginning where you've no context on him at all and it opens with him with a plastic bag on his head yeah and then it kind of He's got a plastic bag on his head, like, doing the asphyxiation thing. And then it kind of cuts to, like, a picture of a young girl. And and, and I was like, oh, my God, what is this? Like, who is this guy? Yeah, that's the idea. Yeah, Yeah. and it was really, it it got me off guard. I was like, ooh. And then for a while, I didn't actually know. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and I'm saying that's good. I really like that. I like, because he is a good guy. Well, I mean, that's subjective. He's a... He's a guy who has had bad things happen in his life, and you get to see... We're not saying that he's handling it in a very positive way. No. But the outcome is more noble yeah. than the people he's up against. Yeah, because the people, you know, these yeah. disgusting people. <laughs> and, you know, he, he's kind of really tender when, it's like, when he's actually dealing with the... When he rescues one of the girls, and he puts her over, over his, on his back... And mm-hmm. takes her to that room. And when he's actually talking to her and like, he's very like, you know, somebody says to him, do you have kids? And he says, no, but he seems like a person who's very caring. No, I don't think you have to have kids for that. No, but I'm not saying he has to. I'm saying that somebody asks him that. Yeah. And he kind of thought, thinks about it and then, then says no, he doesn't. But do you feel like he was thinking all these girls I rescue? No. Are like my, you know. It's the only thing he cares about, kind of thing, like that he's going to rescue these girls. I don't know if that's all he cares about. I think that's all he and can do. And his mother. 
You know what I mean? I just think that's all he can do to keep from finishing the suicide. Yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily because he wants to be Mr. Hero, but more like... He feels something I, at that point, at those well, points. he's got to do something, or, as the title suggests, it's like you're never here at all. If you, if you do nothing, it's like you don't, you don't matter. And so I think that's all that keeps him alive. And the relationship with his mother... What did you like? Did you like that? Yeah, it's funny. I mean, not, not unexpected. I mean, if we see troubled people in movies, they often are, you know, caring to their mother or father. She's whatever. really old. Yeah, and not not completely there. No, I like it when he's. I like it when he's doing the mundane task of <laughs> yeah. just going through a fridge, like because yeah. she's got a load of bad food in the fridge, and he's just talking to her, and she's just. It's just like a normal conversation between mother and son but a load of stuff just happened so all that's in your mind as well while you're thinking about it i mean he's just a person yeah um now this is like one of those movies too that's not exactly clear about everything don't you agree like at the at the ending of this movie you there are some things that you don't know where was it that in his head was that not in his head was that real was that not real was it all not real or you know it was that type of way. Hmm. I mean, it's not clear cut, right? I don't know. I, I was, I was pretty clear by the end. Yes. Yeah, not the end. No, the end's fairly clear cut, but leading up to the end, it's not. It gets a bit blur, hazy and fuzzy at times. But then I was convinced. I, I mean, I was like, oh yeah, I get it. Don't want to spoil the ending though, because it is a bit of a ending with a. You know, it's a big <laughs> ending, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a cool ending, too. I really liked it. Um, but yeah, we won't spoil that part for you. But um, Yeah, but by saying it's a big ending, is like giving you something to look forward to. Like, that's or, our discussion Or not, earlier. because you might watch this and go, what are you talking about? Right, but I you wasn't still a big planted the idea in the head. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying, because you complained about someone earlier. You right can thank me end. for that, listeners, for implanting yeah. that into your head. Good luck. So what else that. did you like about this movie? Uh, what about Johnny Greenwood's score? Yeah, I really like the music. It's unsettling. It's like, uh, you feel like, I don't know, it's sad and troubled. Also a bit cool. There's like a like a synth kind of rock thing going on at the yeah. beginning, uh, which I've never heard Johnny Greenwood do before. Uh, Johnny Greenwood, by the way, is um, Paul Thomas Anderson collaborates with him um, on different movies. There will be blood... And just so everyone knows, Paul Thomas Anderson is your favorite. He is. And uh, Johnny Greenwood's from Radiohead, the band, and he does a lot of film scores as well. And his music, I, 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 without even knowing, I didn't know he did the music for this. When it started, there's this piece of music that feels like music that's been playing, that's being played by somebody who doesn't know how to play music. It's kind of all off beat, and it's really like it makes you feel weird. Like, oh, this is wrong. There's something wrong about this music. And when I heard that piece of music, I was like, I wonder if this is Johnny Greenwood. Is this movie (laughs) got Johnny Greenwood music? And when we stopped to uh, have a pause to go for a pee, and uh, Johnny Greenwood, there he was. (laughs) You Um, identified him. Yeah, so, yeah, it's it's that. If you've seen um, There Will Be Blood, the way his music works is... It makes you feel odd and off. There's something wrong about the music. It doesn't always feel... Sometimes it's a load of weird noises. Sometimes the beat is off. But it does it all the way through this movie. And the music's really a big part of it. 
So that was one of the things that stood out. I also like the cinematography. It doesn't... It's not really flashy and fancy. Like, I was thinking of a movie that I would recommend this week called Drive, which reminded me of this movie a little bit. And that's really flashy, that movie. It's full of neon lighting and, like, really, you know, cool shots. This movie isn't that, but it does have some cool shots. The shot of them him coming down the hallway in the place where the girls were. Yeah. You know, it's really... it's. It's kind of basic, but it looks really cool. Like there's a, and there's a lot of shots of New York City at night, and it looks at you know when you look at like touristy shots of New York City and it's just all perfect and everything. This is looking at the unperfect part, like the weird people in the corners of the frame who were definitely who were like you know what's going on there? What what's that story? There's a lot of that in this movie where you know it. it doesn't make New York look like some fancy high-end place. It makes it look like it really is, like in the background. Like a city. So yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, But yeah, it's not too flashy. It never goes for handheld stuff. It's not really an action-packed movie anyway. It's just a character study of this guy. And I think it does that well. So, on the cast of this movie, did we mention who the actual star of this movie is? I don't think so. (laughs) Joaquin Phoenix plays Joe, and are you a fan of him? Not particularly. In fact, I don't know, I didn't know if you were a fan of him or not, but then... Not really. When I said, oh, we're watching this movie, you were kind of like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it was putting you off I just think he's a it. bit pretentious as a, as a person, from what I have observed, but don't know, because I don't know. Andy Murray's mum. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> <laughs> a hard reference, that's a, people had to dig deep for that to know what you're talking about, but... um. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like he's one of those people who takes himself and being a... Artist. Artist and performer, like, so serious. Like, it's vital to the world that he express himself in these sort of weird and, you know, attention-grabbing ways. And I don't disagree with expressing yourself. I just don't think that elevates you being part of telling me a story. That's all I give a shit about. And if it doesn't assist with that, then I don't care. And I just felt like saying, I don't know. But turn me around if that's what you're getting at. Yeah, I'm uh, in. I was I'm about in to now. ask. <laughs> so I'm in. You liked him in it? Yeah. Like everything I- about him? Nothing? Um... It was a bit theatrical a couple of times, but then I had to keep reminding myself of what this person, this character is going through. Right. Because I could see it on a stage. You know, there were certain elements of play performance versus movie performance. But other than that, I felt like it was all, I was, I believed he was that guy. Yeah. The th- on the front cover of this uh, movie, it says the times, the taxi driver for a new century. It's mm-hmm. not... It's not really. I disagree. People are very easily. Taxi drivers swayed. very different type of things. things. Yeah. So um, Judith Roberts plays Joe's mother. Um, his mother is interesting. Yeah. And not just funny, kind of tragic in a way. Absolutely. Um, and I like the relationship between them. Um, there wasn't really. I would like more of that. There wasn't many scenes of it, right? No. You just, but every time it, it, it went back to him visiting his mother, I was like, it made more. It made me feel for him more because you get to realize he's not. He's actually a really caring individual, right? He's kind of tender or something. Yeah. Inside, 
and you see it when he's with his mother, who's really, you know, do anything for her kind of thing, and jokes with her. There's a proper relationship between them. What did you think of her, though, Judith Roberts? Is she really that old? I don't think so, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know much about her. No. No, I liked her. And then what I said to you earlier was, there are a lot of people in this movie, but then there's not a lot, of, there's not tons of dialogue and there's not lots of lines for people. There's just often people in a room and then you, they say a couple of things and then you don't see them again. So I had a hard time listing down all the people in the movie who, you know, would make... So it really boils down to these three people and the third person is Ekaterina Samsonov, she's a Russian actress, plays Nina Votto, who's the girl that he rescues. And uh, how did you feel about her, even though she doesn't have a lot of lines? She doesn't have a lot of lines, and I think no fault of hers. They wanted her to seem like a very tragic character, and under the circumstance, that's totally fair, but that it was also very... um, Every other movie we've seen of sexual abuse victims have a very shattered, broken stare... And a very few words to say, and the expression on her face tells you everything. But there wasn't much more than that. I mean, I felt for her. I thought, yeah, I thought it was a nice touch when uh, he saves her, and then they're in the car, and she goes to kiss him, and he's like, <laughs> "You don't have to do that," because yeah, no, like, no, no, that's no. all she knows. Like, and it's she, like I don't know if it's all she knows, but she's been put in that situation yeah. recently, and he's like, "Ugh." No, no, yeah, no. like that's not why. Yeah. That's not why I rescued you. No, don't do it. But she's she is good. But yeah, it's there are other movies we've seen with um, you know, young girls being. I mean, it's a reasonable way to have somebody react. It's just that it isn't in this particular instance. It's not an uncommon or unexpected. But what's reaction? Su- what's super creepy is the way they've dressed her, which <laughs> is these these pervy men who are paying for this thing. She's dressed in a particular way, and her hair's done a certain way. And it that part there, which you don't see happen, is the part where I'm like, oh, these people are awful. <laughs> like, Correct. Is, Not, you know, yeah, they're just, just the, awful. Just the visual of her is like a, a manufactured visual for these men. Correct. Which is not, you know, it's disturbing, let's say. This uh, movie is directed by Lynn Ramsey. She's a Scottish director. She did the movie We Need to Talk About Kevin. Did you watch that? I don't think so. I did. It was... Um, it, Tilda Swinton was in it. It was a... Uh, I don't it know a if you saw movie? it. a zombie movie? No, 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 no. It's like a um, psychological drama. The kid, There's something wrong with the kid. Okay, yeah. Yeah. It's not like a horror movie or anything. Um, it's... Not in this, this style at all. That's the only movie I've seen. In fact, that's the other movie she did. So uh, what did you think about her? She actually won for this movie at Cannes? Um, I liked it. I think it was just right. It was like, had that hmm, angry but sad vibe at the same time. And yeah. that's kind of how you end up feeling when you, like you said, you start really thinking about what we're talking about, what we're witnessing. And you're like, oh, it makes me mad and really infinitely sad at the same time i think she pulled that off with every because of the violence not being shown and because of the expressions of his you know even though you didn't appreciate the slowness of his like 
of us watching him in certain moments, it's still you you feel an effect on a person instead of just seeing the reactionary person like, you know, taken guy just hammering in. And, I mean, hammering in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah. I, 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 thought, I thought she did a good job. Yeah, and it's also based on, a, not a novel, but a novella, which is a short novel. Um, that's not, not by her. She adapted that novel, but she's changed it a lot. She said it was kind of, um, I was watching an interview with her. She said it kind of changed as there was make, as they were making it when somebody might have suggested something. And she's like, Oh, that's better than what I was thinking. So, we'll, mm. so it was one of those movies that kind of came together as it was being made. Um, so I really liked her direction. It's really kind of, um, I can see why people really liked it. It's kind of explosive in a way, like it's there's a lot of energy in it, you know? Yeah. And it's mostly from... Kind of quietly explosive. Yeah, but it really kind of, it, it kind of simmers for a while and then it's like, ugh, you know, it's got some guts to it. So um, are there any extras on the Blu-ray? You can review the extras. No. <laughs> Is that I didn't want any extras. I feel like some, we, we don't need to be conditioned to think everybody needs to tell us how they made a movie because some movies... Are just about the story. You absorb the story and you move on. And well, I went to YouTube and watched an of interview you did. with the director, and that was a good extra, actually. So yeah, search on YouTube for um, just search Lynn Ramsey. You were never really here, and there's a really good ten minute interview with Film Four that told me everything I needed to know, actually. But there is nothing on the disc. There's nothing at all. In fact, there's a it doesn't say what's it say special feature? No. Like, bonus something, when you click it, it's just like, oh, there's trailers for other movies. Yeah. So, yeah, you don't get anything, unfortunately. For me, Sitar doesn't care. No. But I would have liked to um, commentary. I love commentaries. You do. So, thank you to Lionsgate. And this is actually another movie under the Amazon Studios brand. So, Amazon really getting into the filmmaking. Um, right on, Amazon. And they've done some good ones. They did uh, Manchester by the Sea, which I really recommend by Amazon. So, uh, yeah, in conclusion on You Were Never Really Here, I really kind of dig it. (laughs) There is definitely, like I say, a few problems for me. But by the end of it, I enjoyed it. So, But let me preface that with this movie is definitely not for everyone. There's going to be people who go, that is the most boring movie. What? Nothing happens. Right? We know one of those people. Yeah, well, that's the majority of people who would watch this movie, I think. I think you have to have a certain, would you say? Yeah. (laughs) Also a certain, be able to look at different types of movies, like, because it's got a different pace to, like, a Hollywood movie, like a big action movie. It's not that. True. It's more, it's a character study type movie. And it's not actually a long movie. It's only 90 minutes. So, you know. And what's happening is what matters and not how it's happening always. Right. So, yeah, thank you to Lionsgate for letting us review the Blu-ray. Next week's Blu-ray review will be Rampage, starring Mr. Dwayne Johnson. That's a very different movie to this one. I I can tell you that now. (laughs) Without even seeing it, that is almost the opposite to this movie. So, yeah, we'll be looking at that next week, Rampage. Movie recommendations this week. I am going on... Uh, the theme of this movie, You Were Never Really Here. So I'm going to recommend Drive, which I adore to this day. You do. Dr- Drive is kind of an artsy, 
kind of Hitman movie. Kind um, of Hitman. Yeah, well, it is a Hitman movie. A thug. Yes. Yeah. And it's got an artsy sensibility to it. And I really, really like it. I love how it looks. I like the mu- the soundtrack. Ryan Gosling is awesome. Is he, though? He is in that movie, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, who else is in that movie? Mr. Um, Breaking Bad himself, remember? No. Yeah, well, Mr. Walt from Breaking Bad is in that movie. Is he? Yeah, he is. I forgot. So, um, yeah, Drive, I'll recommend that. And I'll also recommend, thinking of Johnny Greenwood's score from this movie, I'm also going to recommend a Paul Thomas Anderson movie that we saw fairly recently called Phantom Thread, which is, could possibly be our movie of the year. Um, it's still movie. up there. It's right up there. You love that movie too. I did. Um, so, I mean, it's creepy. Do you want mushrooms for tea? <laughs> no, thank you. I fed you mushrooms the other day. You did? Did you notice? Did, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, my stomach did ache a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> now that I think about it, <laughs> yes. My recommendations: one of them's bad. It's not a good movie, <laughs> but I watched it recently. Called Forty Meters Down. It's just not good. It's Mandy Moore. Mandy Moore. Um, sharks. Uh, young ladies go to a tropical place for a vacation. This young lady is afraid of everything, and lo and behold, they get put in a shark. Uh, cage and put down and then it spoiler it falls to 40 feet 40 meters below the surface and then sharkness ensues from there and it's just not good no i never but i stuck with it i watched the whole damn thing i didn't watch the whole thing but you watched it in two halves no probably not two halves probably you watch two thirds and then you watch the rest correct So when you turned it on, you said, oh, yeah, watch this. Mo- I'm watching the end of this movie. You want to see how bad it is? And I agree that it was, it was like exposition movie. Oh, there God, There was yeah. people just, like, talking the plot up. Like, there was, yes, we will come and get you. We're on our way. You know, it was real, like... He's going to get me. I see the thing on the ground. It's like listening to yeah. old-timey radio, which really I love. It really was like Because that. they have to tell you everything. Like, like you're not looking at the screen. Correct. <laughs> it's like... So I'm recommending that one. Just I mean, if you want to watch a really bad movie, there, there's your there's your option. And the other one is not a bad movie. It is Here Alone. I don't I'm know starting that one. to already ease into my horror movies, and I don't know why. It's only July, and I usually don't do that till September. But whatever, I'm ahead of schedule. Here Alone is, I believe, a British movie. I don't know that for a fact now that I'm thinking about it, but um, it is creepyish post post-apocalyptic kind of, you know, a virus kills everybody off kind of thing. Almost everybody and someone has to survive. But it's got a different, whole different approach to it, and I really liked it. Who's in it? Who stars? I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like a bunch of nobodies. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's very generous of you. If you you really need to know. No, because I won't know any of them, so it doesn't matter. Lucy Walters. Oh, yeah, Lucy. Do you know her? Nope. She's also been in. I don't know what. Yeah, Lucy. <laughs> Sorry, Lucy Walters. She's in other stuff. Lucy Walters has been in. Was she in The Office? She was in Shame, the movie, not the TV show. The new Get Shorty movie coming up. She's in some TV show, I think, called Power. You mean Shame, the movie with Michael Fassbender's penis, that movie? Oh, let me look. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. I she don't might remember. be the main... Yeah, she's number two. 
Oh, uh, no. She's uh, woman on the train. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's a big role. <laughs> <laughs> Who is his sister in that? I really like Woman on the Train. That's yeah, my favorite role in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> woman on the Train. So, but here alone, it's just one of those, you know, kind of, we watch another, it's not a zombie movie, but, you know, that vibe. Yeah. Where it's a little Walking Dead because the people are your worst enemy now. People in the world kind of thing and yeah. surviving. The zombies are the least of your worries. Correct. But yeah. this isn't zombieist, but that's All right. it. Here alone. A bad one. A good one. Is it on Netflix? Uh, it was when I watched it. I'm just that's pro- that's where you watch them. <laughs> Correct. You want to yeah. watch a lot of horror movies. Netflix does have everything you probably need. It does, but I tell you what, after you've gone through twenty or thirty, you you're picking slim pickings start happening because you start recognizing ones you've seen already, which would be many. Hundreds. And, and then, ones you've seen other versions of, kind of. Like, correct. Yeah. Or you can kind of spot it. Well, 40 meters under. I have no idea why I even picked that one day. I was just like, hmm, shark movie. I didn't even know Mandy Moore was in it. Not that I would care. But um, just picked it. And then I was like, oh, God, one of these. Here's the formula. A couple of young ladies go on vacation. Something terrible has happened to one of them or both of them. And it's similar to The Shallows as well. Something's I really happened. like The Shallows. You did like The Shallows. They yep. go to a tropical place. They are fish out of water, pardon the pun again, Uh but um, either someone then, what, whisks them off to a hostel to have them chopped up and mutilated, whisk them off to have the organs harvested, whisks them off to be sold as a a sex slave, or in this one, whisks them off and then uh, they accidentally fall to the bottom. And you know who was the captain of that boat was Matthew Modine. Modine. Some might know him from Stranger Things. No, no, no. He's from the 80s, everybody. So he's the captain of the boat. Didn't matter at all that it was him, but... I'm Matthew Modine. I'm from the 80s. <laughs> That's how I like to introduce myself now. Hi, I'm Sid. I'm from the 80s. Yeah. Actually, I'm from the 60s, but whatever. Don't get technical. Yeah. The 60s. Old. I know. I'm oh, from the 60s, sorry. Barely. Yeah. All right, so uh, those are our recommendations for this week. Ace Scully stuff, I've been playing more of The Crew 2. The Crew 2 actually popped up an achievement yesterday that said, I thought this was really funny. It said, you've been playing for 24 hours. We thought you'd like to know. (laughs) (laughs) And the achievement was called something like, go outside now. So that was funny. So I played 24 hours of The Crew 2 in a week. So uh, you would probably say I like that game, right? Yeah, you love it. <laughs> I mean, I told you about it last week. I've I've pretty much done all the story stuff now, but now I'm doing this cool, like, taking photos around. You go around, it makes you do crazy things like, hey, go to uh, New York and fly a plane upside down past the Statue of Liberty and take a photo of it. So you got to do something crazy and you got to get a really cool photo of it and then it you know, gives you some points for doing it. So there's a whole list of those and it involves going all the cool places around the country and doing cool things. So that's the thing I'm doing now in the crew too. So yeah, that's cool. Uh, we also have been watching the World Cup. Um, my team, England. I think they're your team as well by default, right? Uh, by du- Under duress? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't mind watching them. 
So we watched England. Uh, we've watched. I've actually watched all of England's matches. Uh, you scheduled to get up at seven this morning, so you could be ready for your nine o'clock game. So yeah, you're into it. So how did you like um, England's match today? You don't not a person who watches football. Today was a bit um, interesting, even though they won, which was fine. Yeah. But <laughs> I liked the game from the other day, where it was like one got one, one got another, and then they ran out of time, and then they had to do the fifteen fifteen thing, and then they had to do the kickoff. You know, it's more penalty tense, kicks, penalty kick, whatever, and that's a little more. You know, I'm not a sports person, but I feel like when you have two teams fairly equally matched. That's why a lot of people, and I'm, I'm going to say Americans because I'm American, and the rest of the world seems to love football slash soccer, but that might be why we're conditioned to be a little more like, you know, point, point, point over here, points over there, 15 points here, three points there, what you know, back and forth, back and forth, whereas in football slash soccer, if you match two teams up well, neither lets the other make a point, and that's actually good athletics, it's just that it doesn't make for a very... Other than the pushing and the shoving and the shirt grabbing and the tripping <laughs> and the people getting kicked in the gut accidentally and hammered in the, you know, with their elbow here and there. I mean, that's a little more exciting, but so we'll see what happens when they play. By now, it's probably figured out who they're going to play. Yeah, they'll be playing somebody else. Uh, well, England. Russia or Croatia. We're actually through to the semifinal, which is... Oh, we might be spoiling this? No, by tomorrow everyone should know. Yeah, not common uh, for England to get through to the semi-final. It happened last time in 1990. So, And we've only won the World Cup once in 1966. And any England fan will tell you that they won in 1966 over and over again. So this year, this time, maybe we've got a chance. How are USA doing in this tournament? Do they have a football team in this match? <laughs> <laughs> They do not. They, they do. Mean, they there do. is American soccer, but or they, football, but and they do have a U.S. They just didn't qualify for the World Cup correct. this time. But uh, actually, the last time they did qualify for the World Cup, they were really fun to watch, and they got quite far. So, you know, it's weird. They did all right, really good one time, and then they're not even in it this time. So, hopefully, next time, and then you can root for them, and then maybe it'll be a England versus I USA. I wouldn't actually root for anyone, but that's okay. If you want well, to yeah, transfer, I, I would your... hope you're rooting for England this time. <laughs> I'm not really a rooter. <laughs> I'm not a sports person. I think it's a game. It's fun to watch people with lots of skill do things. On it's Wednesday? like watching a cooking show to me, if you're really good at it, or an art painting show, or golf, anything. race, Car racing, even though I'm not going to sit there and watch it, I appreciate when people have skills. I don't right. get devoted, because if I wanted to play a game very well, I would just learn it and do it. True. Yeah. See. So yeah, England. Good luck to you, them. On uh, not Wednesday that I could. When England plays somebody else, possibly Russia. So we'll find out on Wednesday what happens. Uh, so Sita, what is for dinner? Uh, it's gonna be Jimmy John's. So I don't have to do any dishes. Is that fair? Mm. <laughs> oh, what do you want? Listen to you whining. What do you want? We could uh, have leftover pasta. Yeah. Okay, then. I don't have to go anywhere. All right. <laughs> Last night you said, I said, you can have anything. And you said lasagna. And I was like, shit, I don't want to make lasagna. So instead I made pasta with some, well, a jar of Socceroo Paul Newman sauce. We don't know where it comes from. It could be Paul Newman himself. It comes um, from his... We don't want to know. Don't say it. And I just bought a container of cottage cheese and some cheese and that... Having those together, not mixed together, but to me, that's all. That's lasagna, a pasta, a sauce, our crumbles. We're vegetarian, that's why we're telling you what we eat. 
pretty much normal food. We have the um, veggie crumbles. And mix that in cheese. there. Some cottage cheese. And it's, that's what lasagna is. Sauce, meat, in quotation marks, pasta. The only thing that's cottage. missing is the kind of crispy kind of edges. True. Which lasagna. I can catch it on fire for you if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I can give you a piece of toast with it. All right. So what is your advice before we leave? My advice is it's not going to sound nice. It's going to be harsh. So get your feelings all bolstered up. I don't understand why people think they don't matter. Who Who's taught you that you don't matter or that you don't count in the world? Like, people feel like they're a piece of shit, like they're worthless, like they're a problem to their family. I mean, yeah, if you cause a lot of problems, well, then get your shit together and don't if you can avoid it. But you matter. There are people who love you. There are people who care about you. There are people who dislike you. And you stimulate something in their brain and in their mind that, so what if they don't like you? They're, they're not going to be sitting next to you on your deathbed someday. So it doesn't matter. Don't give a shit what anybody says. You still matter. So you need to stop feeling sorry for yourself. <laughs> nice. W- nice. <laughs> That's the punctuation mark to how great you are. And I'm not saying you're great. Not everybody's great. But everybody matters to somebody. And if you wallow around and go, oh, I just feel like I'm just nothing. I'm just worthless. All you're trying to do is get attention. And you don't need attention because there are people just right there, willing, interested, who care about your outcome of your life. They may not care the way you've decided they're supposed to, right? So you say you text your friends and nobody replies or everybody, you say, hey, how about we go out for a beer? How about we go out and do this? And they're all like, no, I'm busy. I'm busy. And then you interpret that as like, oh, nobody gives a shit about me. Well, that's your problem. Like, you need to get over that shit. They're, they're just living their lives. So don't expect people to, like, cuddle you up and pat your back all the time. But somebody cares about you, and it's fine if they want to care about you from a distance. If you want to chat online or text online or email somebody back and forth once a week, it's going to give you, it should give you the same little bolster in the fact that you're a human being on this planet and you matter to somebody. And by the end of your life, it will have mattered that you existed. Maybe not in a million years. And it didn't matter a million years ago, but it matters right now. And as long as somebody remembers you, you matter. And so right now, like, you count. So if you're doing everything wrong, fix it. (laughs) right and if you just wallowing in that headspace just find a way to pry it off it's like a big hard shell wrapped around your brain and crack through it get a hammer like joaquin phoenix in this movie (laughs) crack it open or like in um detroit becoming human you know the the androids have this program that visually they show it as them like having to like pound through this data or this like digital shell yeah And they crack through it, and then they are who they are. Now, I know that's phys- that's fiction, and this movie is fiction. But in real life, you can also do it. Because feeling sorry for yourself just doesn't matter to anybody. Except for you. And True. you're the thing that matters to people. Not your, not your, you know, oh, please make me feel important. Just feel important. Don't put that on anybody else's shoulders. All right. Well said. Thank you. Straight to the point. <laughs> well. Well, <yeah>. maybe not. <laughs> All right, so I'll 
remind you about our website, sayschoolie.com, sidtor.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can also catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Google Play Store. You can also tell your Amazon device, listen to After the Show Movie Podcast on TuneIn. It will play the latest episode straight for you. Um, you can also f- um, Plex, which is a uh, cool home media thing that a lot of people use. You can actually find us in the podcast section of Plex. And you can also find Sid Talk hiccuping over there, I think. I am. Um, on this podcast, you can hear a hiccuping live. You can also find us on YouTube or com. Just click on the word podcast and you can subscribe using all methods there. Email feedback to me at aschoolyacescully.com. Don't email Sid Talk. Because she'll just hiccup back. She'll write hiccup. She'll send you that back. And If I don't reply to you, and then you feel like you're unimportant, again, that's on you. That's not on me. It's all on you, It's all listener. on you, man. You are the only one responsible for how you feel. And um, I'm going to say, stay classy. Everybody involved in this movie. Pretty good movie. It was. Thank uh, you. And I'm going to say, think for yourself. Because if you don't do it, someone will do it for you. 